Support for WERU health-related programming comes from the Penobscot Bay Press, committed to providing community news and information, publishing three weekly newspapers, the Weekly Packet, Island Advantages, the Casting Patriot, the annual Bay Community Register, the Summer Seasonal Guide, and more. Also on the web at www.penobscotbaypress.com. The time is 10 o'clock and you are tuned to WERU-FM, 89.9 Blue Hill, 102.9 Bangor, and streaming online at WERU.org. Healthy Options with the return of host Cynthia Swan is up next. Hi, I'm Cynthia Swan, one of the co-hosts of Healthy Options, and it sure is good to be back in this seat again. And um, this show is coming to you live this morning uh, in the midst of this wonderful, beautiful snowstorm we're having. And our topic today is optimal guidelines for optimal health, or basic guidelines, actually, for optimal health. And I'm really pleased to have Dr. Terry Lee Cookson here today. I want to say for uh, fl- full disclosure purposes, um, Dr. Cookson is uh, one of my healthcare providers. And um, so without further ado, let me introduce her. Dr. Terry Lee Cookson received her Doctor of Naturopathic Medicine and her Master of Science in Oriental Medicine degrees from the National College of Naturopathic Medicine in Portland, Oregon. NC. NM is the oldest accredited school of naturopathic medicine in North America. And in addition, though, to her four-year naturopathic program and her three-year course of study in classical Chinese medicine, Dr. Cookson also studied homeopathy with Dr. Luke DeShepper. And she also enjoyed a two-month internship at Sri Mumba Diva. I'm Shri. not <laughs> Help me with that. Did I say that wrong? Sri Mumba Devi. Mumba Devi. Oh, um, in home, at, that's a homeopathic hospital in in, in Mumbai. In Mumbai, India, which used to be known as Bombay. Ah, okay. Oh, how cool! Um, now, Dr. Cookson is also a member of the Maine Association of Naturopathic Doctors, the American Association of Naturopathic Physicians, the Maine Association of Acupuncture and Oriental Medicine, and the Flower Essence Society. Dr. Cookson is certified in the treatment of Wilson's temperament syndrome, and she's also... Temperature. Temperature. Oh, temperament. <laughs> you can tell where my mind is going this morning. Temperature syndrome. And she has lectured on the mind, body, and hormonal aspects of fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, menopause, and weight loss. She's a nationally certified diplomat in acupuncture and a diplomat in Chinese herbology, and she holds licenses in Maine as a naturopathic doctor and as a licensed acupuncturist. Who? Wow, that's a mouthful, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad to say it all. So we, we put out there some of the background so people know who we're talking to, and now we can dive into what we're talking about. Okay. Welcome. Um, you had given me a while back this wonderful handout, and that's kind of what we're, um, what I wanted to bring to people. I'm so delighted that you are willing to do that today about optimal guidelines for health. And these are simple things mm-hmm. that everybody can do. And um, I, in reviewing the guidelines, you say that, the, um, that, that um, in terms of uh, we'll rev- we're looking at optimal health and we're looking at how to enhance the body's natural metabolic processes. I guess let's start with that. What does that mean, enhancing the body's natural metabolic processes? Okay. Um, 
the body metabolizes things. That's what sets us apart from, say, rocks. You know, okay. we take things in, we break them down, we incorporate them into ourselves. It's a fascinating, it's a miraculous process that, that we can do that, that living things can do that. Take something that's not us and turn it into us. And so that is, in a nutshell, what metabolism is. Um, <clears throat> I, I came up with all kinds of big words that I could say, you know, about catabolism mm-hmm. and abolism. And I said, oh, yeah. no, we don't need that. Um, so basically, as long as we are metabolizing well, as long as we are taking in nutrients and information, we also metabolize information, thoughts, feelings, um, as long as we're taking them in, incorporating what we need and discharging what we don't need, and breaking down stuff that is no longer functioning fully in ourselves so that it can be replaced, we're metabolizing well. Okay, great. So now one of the, uh, one of the things that you give out is um, the anti-inflammatory diet information. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what is the anti-inflammatory diet? And also why do you so highly recommend that? Most chronic diseases and actually a lot of um, acute diseases are because of our diet. We have a very pro-inflammatory diet. Sugar causes inflammation. Um, you know, all the fervor about high cholesterol. Mm-hmm. Cholesterol is just a symptom of, <clears throat> of excuse me, of inflammation. Um, it, uh, cholesterol is actually the good guy that's protecting our, our arteries from developing clots due to the inflammation that's happening. Um, so it, the anti-inflammatory diet is a very basic, it, it's, it's a common sense diet. If you look at it, it starts off with talking about vegetables. Uh, there are a lot of Americans who go through a day without touching a vegetable. I'd say, you know, I, I realize that there's time constraints and it's a hassle to clean and whatever. You know what? If it comes down to it, go ahead and use frozen. Frozen vegetables are better than no vegetables. What about canned? Okay. <laughs> okay. It, and, all right. Not, but first choice would be fresh, then frozen. Mm-hmm. Canned, last choice. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, but, but, you know, vegetables are so important. And and that's part of um, oh what is it that the uh, the five a day series mm-hmm. that goes out kind of like that idea of trying to eat five a day but they I think they include fruits in it they too. include fruits and you know fruits are great too and mm-hmm. it is good to have something alive that you're eating you know. so that, well that brings me to I'm kind of jumping ahead here but what about the organic piece organic. If, if it's a choice between local and organic, or if it's a choice between local organic, if it, wh- wh- where do you stand on all that? Ideally, you'd be growing your own, and you'd be going out and picking it fresh and eating it immediately. All right, this is America. Okay, this, this, is, is, <laughs> this is not that likely to happen. Um, and th- with all the environmental concerns about trucking our food in from, you know, from South America or bringing it in from Washington State, yeah, local is obviously better. Um, it is hard to get local organic Things. I mean, we well, can at the co-op, right? Mafka is wonderful. I love them. Yeah, you know, and, and the co-op, and also the CSAs, mm-hmm. um, the wait certified, the uh, community supported agriculture. agriculture. Thank you, mm-hmm. and um, and and some of the main supermarkets have at least small sections, but that's kind of trucked in. Usually, it's right. not local. Organic has come leaps and strides since you know the seventies when it was you know a couple of shriveled carrots that you could get. Yeah, I um, mean it's amazing. You can get meat. I I've, I go to um, um, in in uh, Rockport. There, they even have a group of people that are doing goat. Wonderful. Organic goat and mm-hmm. so, or, or natural local, so you've got goat and you've got meat and you've got fish. I mean, it's really amazing now what we have in Maine. I think right. we're lucky in Maine. 
Uh, well, actually, I got a little spoiled when I was in Oregon. The growing oh, season is so yeah, totally different sure. there that you can get almost anything organic and local. Um, wow. So it just became the norm to just say, eat organic, eat organic. Mm-hmm. Um, moving back here, we don't have quite the same variety. We've got, it's, it's still wonderful what we've got. Yeah. And I'm not complaining. Yeah. I'm just saying it's not quite as convenient. It's different out in the Northwest. Right. It's a different growing season. We only mow our lawns in the winter. Wow. Oh, wow. In the, in the summer, everything dries we up. We don't see our lawns till <laughs> <Exactly>. sprinter. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, yeah. That I'm a marriage Mena. of spring and winter. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. AKA mud season. Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm a Mena. Okay. So, so definitely organic. Um, would be best. Right. One of the things is um, the, the different pesticides and herbicides that are used mm-hmm. usually are, um, are fat soluble. So we absorb them into our fat cells. And, well, not just our fat cells, mm-hmm. anything in the body that has fat. Um, okay. Our brain is mostly fat. So, oh, really? So when they call me a fathead, uh, no. They're telling the <laughs> they're truth. They're telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs> and you can say thank you. You don't have to it's take it as a good it. compliment, right. That's right. Um, Right. So, um, uh, so where was I going with that? Oh, yeah, the, so, the uh, xeno, xenobiotics, the um, the uh, pesticides, etc., um, concentrate in the fat cells, mm-hmm. um, and they also act like the steroid hormones, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. So, um, so anytime you're taking in a lot of these, uh-huh. if your body can break it down, that's fine. Some people can break this stuff down. You know, you hear and about the people. It easily. And exactly. some can. Just to get that metabolism back in there, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you hear about people who live to 100 and they smoke and drink and, mm-hmm. you know, eat whatever they want to. Their bodies can break things down and get rid of what they don't need really easily. For a lot of us, though, we hold on to stuff. You know, we get fatty tumors or we get m- malignancies or we get, you know, arthritis. We get all kinds of stuff. That's our body not being able to metabolize. And so by utilizing that anti-inflammatory diet, you can, you can, you can circumvent that, right? Or at least you can if you already have, so you can prevent it in part. Uh, you can correct things, or you can correct just it. by changing your diet. You can change huge parts of your health. So the big pieces of the anti-inflammatory diet, if we were to say the top five elements of the anti-inflammatory diet, what would they be? Vegetables. Okay. Vegetables. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you were going to say twice. vegetables, vegetables, right, vegetables. Right. Okay. Um, <clears throat> one of the things is what you avoid. You know, sweeteners, artificial sweeteners. I use maple syrup. I use honey. Okay. Um, I don't think I have any white sugar in my house. What about stevia? Stevia is, is fine. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have heard some things that it's not so great, but you know, it's a plant. It's yeah. It, it's not processed. It's not refined. What if people do organic white sugar? White sugar is white sugar. Okay. Um, in fact, I don't even know if you can find organic white sugar, can yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, you, you can. can? Okay. I saw it at the co-op. Haynes okay. or something was the company. Oh, it was right. a big company. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, white sugar has had all of the nutrients removed from it. Okay. If you look at the Krebs cycle, you see all these B vitamins that are necessary for breaking sugar down and turning it into energy. Mm-hmm. You know, we think, of, we think of glucose as being the source of energy, but there's all these cofactors right. that, that are part of... I'm talking with my hands in case you can't tell. Um, <laughs> 
Um, there's all these cofactors that are necessary for breaking it down. Mm -hmm. If you are just eating white sugar, you deplete all those B vitamins, which makes you more prone to stress. You're depleting, uh, you know, all these other... Okay. uh, I can give you lots of cool names, but I'd have to think about it for a second. Okay. So eliminating the sugar. Mm -hmm. um, Okay. Processed food is a big one up there. Processed food is a big one. The, um, you know, if you look at uh, where it says what the ingredients is, and the last thing, it usually says spices. Mm -hmm. Spices can be anything from MSG. As long as it's a tiny, tiny amount, they don't have to tell you that it's MSG. Okay. um, Which is a neurotoxin or an excitotoxin that, that, you know, kicks your brain into into And which some people are super sensitive to and it forces them to, what is it, to kind of bloat up or... It can cause you to bloat up. For me, it it gives me this weird buzz with a bit of a headache and... Mm -hmm. Right. So it's these kind of preservatives that are toxic, mm-hmm. that are like toxicants. And then um, what What else? is uh, Rice, grains. Let's grains. talk about grains. Let's talk about grains. Um, the American diet is built around wheat. Mm-hmm. And because of that, because we have so much of it, um, we end up developing, a lot of people end up developing sensitivities or allergies to it. If it's... Um, a food sensitivity can be kind of like um, if you had poison ivy in your intestines. You know, wow. you know when you have poison ivy, your skin swells and yep. you start oozing a little bit. Oh yeah. So <laughs> you're not keeping your insides in as well as you should. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get a leaky gut syndrome, which um, wheat is one of the big um, uh, culprits uh, of thank that. You. <laughs> oh wow. Thank okay. you. I'm menopausal, so I forget words like culprit. <laughs> Um, wheat is one of the culprits for, for causing leaky gut syndrome. And when you have leaky gut, um, whole proteins are leaking out into, into around, the, you know, into yeah, you. Right. Um, which gets your immune system all worked up and, you know, it starts attacking that. And if you have any other proteins in your body that resemble the gluten proteins or, what, or whatever proteins it is that are leaking out, mm-hmm. if you have any other pro, uh, proteins that are building blocks in your body, um, your immune system, you know, can't tell whether it's coming from this food that is leaked out into yourself or if it's actually a part of you. So your oh, immune system okay. will start attacking both. I see. So, oh, wow. so that leads to, you know, arthritis is a really big one for that. Which is an inflammatory disease state. Right. Which is your immune system is attacking it's, you. Yeah, right. itself. You're right. attacking yourself. Wow. So... Um, so to recap, also I think water was another big element of that. Make sure you drink enough water because yes. a lot of people are walking around dehydrated and they right. don't even know it. Right. And coffee isn't water. Yeah. Coffee yeah. is negative water. Um, okay, now I'm getting thirsty. Yeah, and cola. <laughs> right. If it, if it has the caffeine in it, certainly. Actually, just the fact that it has the sugar in oh, it causes you to dehydrate. Okay. And if you're using the artificially diet, sweetened. Yeah. Yeah. The artificially sweetened sodas, what those do... They, you taste it on your tongue, which causes your, your pancreas to say, oh, there's sugar coming, let's gear up. You start secreting insulin. Uh-huh. So you secrete this huge burst of insulin mm-hmm. to deal with this influx of sugar that's coming in, mm-hmm. and then there's no sugar. So you've got insulin running through your system, which, um, you know... Has uh, no place to go in a way. Oh, well, or, what it does is it sucks your normal... You have a normal amount of, of glucose in your blood. Uh-huh. It sucks that, that glucose out of your blood into the cells... And then your blood sugar drops. And what happens when your blood sugar drops? Mm, You get hungry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, you know, the the artificial sweeteners can increase your hunger. So that's why the diet stuff doesn't work. That's the main reason, It makes people more hungry, and so they want to eat 
more. It makes you more hungry. And they're bringing in more calories perhaps then. And right. And also it is, um, it's disturbing your whole blood sugar, which causes you to have a stress reaction because your body thinks, oh, I'm starving. I got to do something about this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, of course you don't want to be uncomfortable. So you're taking steps to, to, you know, calm that discomfort, but it also can disrupt your whole endocrine system anyway. So that even if you're not drinking it, your body now thinks, uh, you know, it, it doesn't trust itself anymore. It, right. it, it's always on the alert for being in a famine because when your blood sugar drops like that, you think you're in a famine. Wow. So you start conserving energy. If mm-hmm. you're conserving energy, you're not metabolizing. You're not burning off your calories. So you can go down to 1,000 calories a day, but your body is conserving everything because it's, it's concerned it's in a famine. Right. You know, 10,000 years ago, if, uh, if we were in a blizzard like this and we weren't eating, mm-hmm. our bodies would naturally go into conservation mode. We'd hold on to our energy. So, you know, if you're trying to lose weight and you're holding on to everything... It doesn't, it yeah, doesn't it's not work. good. Yeah. It gets frustrated. You get down on yourself. You know, your, your doctor says, well, just stop eating as much. Right. And you're like, but I'm not eating. And that's where you hear people say that, too. That's interesting you bring that up because they're hardly eating anything, and yet they're right. not losing weight. Right, because they're conserving everything. Because they've taught their body that by taking these artificial sweeteners in part. Well, it could oh, be a that's whole one host reason. of There's things. A whole, that's one reason. Right. Yeah, well, that's a whole other show, Dr. <laughs> um, so, so, So we've kind of we've danced around, but pretty much whole foods. Whole foods, especially vegetables. Um, organic foods. Preferably. Uh, good quality source of water. Right. Which, and you know, I'd love to rail a little bit about fluoridation. Fluoride is actually a byproduct of, of the chemical industry, and they've got this toxic waste. What do they do with it? Oh, let's sell it to municipalities and tell them it's good for, for the people. If you look in, um, mm-hmm. in the homeopathic texts mm-hmm. about the proving symptoms of taking excess fluoride, it's kind of scary. And you look at, you know, the ADHD and, and, you know, 10-year-olds who are committing murder. What are we doing to our brains by... Increasing this level of of fluoride, fluoridation, because that's big, yeah, all throughout the country. Mm. Well, that's a political, big money problem that affects all of us with health, so... Right. And and while I'm railing about the halides, you know, the fluoride, Mm -hmm. let's just throw in a little thing about bromide. If you take a look at your Mountain Dew... Oh, am I allowed to say that? I Well, we <laughs> said it now, so it's out there, unleashed. You, if, okay, if you take a look at your <laughs> citric sodas, they almost always will have some sort of bromide in them. And bromides, uh, you know, I think that that has a lot to do with, say, the Columbine killings. The, if you have excess bromide in your system, you can get a little paranoid. And So bromide is a food additive? It's a food additive. It's a food additive. Right. And it's what in bromated it flour. It's in the citric sodas. Okay, and so what that does in your system is you're saying it messes with your messes, mental faculties? It messes with your mental faculties. Wow. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah, and how much, you know, teenagers are now drinking it in by the liter, two liters at a time. Oh, yeah, it's I mean, so does big. Mm-hmm. Although um, I know the Healthy Living Partnerships have been really working to kind of eradicate some of the soda machines in the school systems, yeah. offering the kids uh, juice, offering the kids water. <laughs> I know there's still a controversy on juice because of the mm-hmm. s- sweetener in it too, but um, but I, I yeah, making but, strides it's, and giving people options right, so that they can look at yeah other alternatives. I want to move along to um, the attention that you give to the digestive tract 
in your optimal health information. Mm-hmm. Why is the digestive tract like so important in you, this aspect? You are what you eat. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, Hippocrates, thousands of years ago, however many years ago, you know, the father of Western medicine, um, said, let food be your medicine. And one of my patients said, you can pay your grocer or you can pay your doctor. <gasps> Good Don't you thought. Love that? Yes, I like that. So if you're listening, Linda... Um, yes, I still remember. Kudos to Linda. That is really good. And you know, that's interesting because there is, and I don't know if this is a generational thing or what, but I hear this. This is one of the uh, things we hear all the time about buying organic when people Mm -hmm. say it's so expensive. I can't afford to do that. I can't afford to do this. And that very comment is saying pretty much, yeah, you you know, you you really can't afford not to unless you want to be ill. So if we put uh, – that's true because uh, what I like about the guidelines is they're preventively oriented also instead of always looking at um, intervention when you've already got something, mm-hmm. which is a little harder. It, like, puts it to, you know, the, let's, let's try to avoid this. Right. Why wait till you need to replace your engine if you could just change your oil? Yeah, good point. The kidneys are another important organ um, for optimal health. Um, why are they and how can we help them? What can we do for our kidneys? Well, first off, drinking enough water. You mentioned that earlier. If you weigh um, 150 pounds, you should be drinking 75 ounces of water a day. That's, you know, just over two liters. Um, A lot of people don't. Right. So the kidneys need that water in order to be flushing things out. In Chinese medicine, the kidneys are seen as um, the... the, uh, the doorkeeper, you know, what, they decide what stays in and what goes out. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, on the way, way over here, I thought of something really brilliant to say about the kidneys, and I don't remember what it is. So well, if it, it, if come it comes back, back you. I, I'll... <laughs> you can pop it in there anywhere in the okay. conversation. Okay, all right, sounds good. And, so, and then also you talk about the skin. Wait, I remembered. Oh, good. Deep breathing. Deep breathing. Deep breathing. I'm going to talk about it again, you know, about the lungs. But We'll um, go, go there right now. But Okay, I'll go over there right now. In Chinese medicine, um, breathing is seen not just as a function of the lungs, but also the kidneys grasp the qi and pull it down. So the qi being, you know, the energy, the energy. that we're taking from by breathing. We're taking from the universe, taking from the food, taking from the air. Um, so the kidneys grasp the qi and bring it down. So deep breathing is... is feeding the kidneys. It's, you know, keeping the the kidneys healthy. In Chinese medicine, the kidneys are seen as the um, the um, keepers of the jing, the essence, your essence. Uh-huh. Um, so they're responsible for, uh, you know, these same people who can eat and, eat and drink and smoke and blah, 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 until right. they're 100. Th- they chose their parents well. <clears throat> they have, you know, good kidney jing that uh-huh. allows them to get away with some things. And then the rest of us, <laughs> and the rest of us <laughs> have to really nurture our kidneys. We have to, right? We have to work on our digestive chi instead. You know, that's mm-hmm. something that we can supplement, that we can build every day. Whereas mm-hmm. the kidney jing, you can do a little bit, and and uh, um, practices like qigong or tai chi yes. are actually designed to help. In, well, to and help even yoga that. and yoga. the various types of yoga. And you think about it; they all include breathing, right? Conscious breathing into your belly. And also transformational breath. Mm-hmm. We uh, had a, I had a show with a, a, a person who leads that, and yeah, breath work in general mm-hmm. would all be good. And a, a really cool thing: you can lower your hypertension, you can lower your blood pressure by consciously breathing into your belly. Mm. 
Um, Which is your natural state when you're sleeping. Right. It's it's babies. I I call it baby breathing. Exactly. You know, you look at a little infant, you see the little belly pop up and go down. It's it's perfect. Yeah, they're amazing. When I try to teach adults, when I teach adults how to belly breathe, you Mm -hmm. know, I say, have you ever watched a baby breathe? Their bellies are just moving. Dogs, their bellies are moving. Yes. We're supposed to do that. Um, but Americans, you know, we're taught to suck in our gut and we're taught to, you know, shoulders back, shoulders right. Back. All these other postural things. And, and so we end up breathing just with our chest, just with the upper part. We don't get into the lower lobes. Um, and we don't use our diaphragms. Singers use their diaphragms. Mm. Using your diaphragm, um, actually gets you out of that fight or flight. We keep ourselves perpetually in this fight or flight, you know, sympathetic nervous system, by by shallow breathing, breathing. Shallow breathing right yeah thank you what you said <laughs> so you know it's interesting i think even in the realm of when you talk about singing i think also this it's not new but more and more people are looking at chant and they're looking mm-hmm. at mantra and they're looking at toning mm-hmm. and uh you know some of the wellness gurus that are out there now you know actually putting out the cds of course Kay gardner i think who was a mainer and now mm-hmm. deceased is long ago i mean she was like a forerunner of all this in the 70s right. 80s or whatever so you know we and and now it's it seems it just continues to catch on where it's becoming more and more mm-hmm. known about the importance of of those tr- and their sacred traditions as well right and um so it's something maybe the ancients knew about um how to take care of the body exactly. in that respect it was just like this innate wisdom, mm-hmm. perhaps, that they had. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like the way uh, Carolyn Casey would always say that um, in ancient times, you didn't have healing without ritual, right. that it was a, a, a healing was a ritualistic event. So it was the whole body involved in it in terms of herbs and breath and chant and sound and drumming. And it was the, that was um, the healing ritual. We still have ritual. You know, the doctor with the white coat, the stethoscope, you know, there's certain mm. things that are part of the ritual. You know, do you trust a doctor in in jeans and sandals? Well, all right, OSHA doesn't let you wear sandals now. Right. (laughs) But, um, you know, that is part of the ritual, too. Yeah, good point. The uniform and and the authority. Yeah, that whole piece of it. When you also talked about um, the skin, uh, lymphatic, and immune systems, how they all need our support. So in a nutshell, and in terms, layperson's terms, can you tell us about these systems and a way to take care of them in terms of preventive medicine. Okay. Um, One of the things that I tell people to do is dry skin brushing, which is um, you take a a vegetable fiber brush or a loofah, something like that, and very lightly, feather light, um, brush your skin towards your heart. Make sure you get the soles of your feet, the palms of your hand, um, and just brushing everything towards the heart. And the reason it's so light, the, the arteries transport blood away from your your heart, you know, by the action of the heart pumping. And then the veins transport the blood back up to your heart by the the motion by the action of your muscles squeezing. So every time you take a step, it squeezes the veins. It goes up, there's a, a valve that keeps it ratcheting up towards the heart. That's why if you're on a long flight, they tell you to, you know, move your move, move around, your legs. get up and stand. Right. The lymphatics don't even have that much. They they have um uh, more, they're closer to the surface. The muscles that squeeze the lymphatics back towards your heart, um, the the little muscles that make your hair stand up, 
the little piloerector muscles, mm-hmm. those are right at the, at the skin surface, mm-hmm. and they're the ones that squeeze the lymphatics. So when you do this featherlight stroking on your skin, it, um, it stimulates those muscles to give a tiny little contraction, and it moves the lymphatic fluid back towards your heart. The reason that's so important, all these um, fat-soluble toxins that we're exposed to, they get transported by the lymph. They they mm. don't get transported easily in the, in the um, in the veins. So you need to keep your lymph moving. So you're cleaning your lymphatic system in essence every day before you shower. If you do this dry brushing, exactly is once a day good enough? Should once people do it good. twice? Oh, I never should on people. Oh, good. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, once a day people, is a good practice. Once a day is a good practice. You know, this is Ayurvedic. I was thinking about um, gosh, uh, a colleague of mine, Holly Noonan. She she's from the Nutrition Sisters. I remember one night I went to one of their talks, and they gave us all um, uh, washcloths, mm-hmm. all rolled up. And she said, even if you so, if you don't have a loofah or something, you could even use the washcloth, you know, and just to keep going mm-hmm. to get that as an Ayurvedic treatment. And they also uh, had tongue scrapers. Uh-huh. And, um, and of course, I'm a neti pot aficionado. I love Wonderful. the neti pot. Um, and maybe we can talk about that because that's all... Um, Eastern Indian mm-hmm. ancient medicine. Does right. that also segue into uh, Oriental medicine? I don't know. Is there a link between those modalities and Oriental? There is, but it's so far back, I don't think anyone actually recognizes it. So they see it as Ayurvedic, that that's right. an Ayurvedic piece. But so, I definitely tell people to do their nasal lavage. Yeah, it's lavage. Okay, now I was reading in... Um, of course, I you know I get excited about something, so I have to buy the book on it. So I actually bought the neti pot book uh, by what is it? Bad sand? I can't remember. It was and and the other Frawley, who's the other, um, and and so it was um, talking about if you're using the neti pot though, that you should. Uh, okay, there's that word again. But it's a good idea to put uh, sea salt. Right. Because if you just do it with warm water, it can actually do a, a long-term more harm than good. Even short-term, it does more harm than good. Ah, okay. So, so why is that? Why the sea salt? If, if you uh, jump in a lake and you get water up your nose, it uh-huh. hurts. Yeah. And the reason it hurts is um, water follows salt. So the tissues have more salt in them than the lake does. So you get lake water up your nose. That lake water gets absorbed following the salt into the cells. That causes swelling, that, and the swelling can close off the opening to the sinuses, which is a really lovely way to get a sinus infection uh-huh. once there's no circulation, no movement of the fluids <clears throat> excuse me, yeah, okay. out of the sinuses. So if you have the water the same degree of saltiness as the tissues, then it's not going to get absorbed. If you've got a lot of swelling going on in the tissues, actually having it a little saltier will pull some of the fluid out of the tissues and reduce the swelling. So it has an anti-inflammatory effect, that, that salt. Um, or at least it can help the inflammation. It's like if you have a sinus infection, you've right. got inflammation, it can help calm it down. That's why I started doing a nasal lavage in the first place. Oh. A friend of mine in acupuncture school 15 years ago told me to do that, and I said, yeah, right, because I had this horrible sinus infection. Mm-hmm. I was down in Florida swimming around. I caught a wave up my nose, and I felt better. I said, okay, there's something to this nasal Something to the salt. Thing. Right. <laughs> so I started doing it. I, I do it every day. When I have a cold, I do it two or three times a day. It's, it relieves. It keeps everything moving. It has some immune-stimulating properties. 
Um, but yeah, doing just fresh water is going to hurt because you're going to absorb it and cause swelling. Yeah, not a good idea. Right. So and make- the goal isn't to have it as salty as you can take it either because then you're drawing too much fluid out of your tissues and dehydrating the tissues. So in your neti pot, a little bit of salt goes a long way. What, about a quarter of a teaspoon, I think it is, a sea salt? And it should be non-iodized salt, correct? Or does it not matter? You're, not, you're shaking your head. That's not a big deal? Um, I use sea salt. Um, I, I never measure it. What I do is I taste it. It should taste as salty as tears. Ah, if it tastes as salty as tears, it's not going to hurt. Okay. If it hurts, check how salty it is. Yeah. So if it hurts, maybe you need to cut back on the salt. Right. Or put more in. Oh. You know, that's why you taste it. Oh, okay. So you're, hmm. I have never tasted my neti pot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also don't use a neti pot. Um, you know, I've oh, got you a don't? little cup and I just snork it up into my nose. Oh, you're up. hardcore then. I'm hardcore. Okay. I'm, I'm the neti pot. I, I got to have the neti pot. Okay. It's easier. And my neti pot even has to have a handle. Okay. <laughs> I'm very particular. All right, so the neti pot and the um, lymphatic, well, the brushing to help mm-hmm. the lymphatics. And let's go to uh, castor oil packs because uh, you're big on uh, my, castor oil packs, one of your favorite, favorite your COPs, as you call right. it. Why is that so good for the liver? It increases the circulation. What happens is, okay, first off, when you say castor oil, people think about taking it and it's a cathartic laxative. It's a very oh. powerful, if you take it by mouth, it's a very powerful cathartic laxative. It it can cause such um, spasms that you can even induce abortion with it. Whoa. So if you take it internally. So we're not talking about internal. We're not. If we're talking about constipation, aloe vera might be a better option for people, yeah? Or actually the castor oil packs on your abdomen. Oh, really? So what you do, you take a piece of cotton flannel, fold it so that it fits across your belly, you put a couple of tablespoons of castor oil on it, and you you put that across. Uh, You can put a plastic bag over it because it stains anything. I mean, it'll stain clothes. It won't stain you. And a towel, maybe even. And a towel. An old towel. An old towel. A raggedy towel. Right. Um, You put a hot water bottle on it. You put your feet up. You picture yourself being healthy. You breathe into your belly. Do this for half an hour to an hour every day. Or when I was in med school, I just slathered some castor oil on my belly, put on a, a T-shirt that now looks like a grease rag, and, um, and I'd go to bed because I didn't have time to Yeah, that was the way you could do it. But you know what? People sleep better. And from a Chinese perspective, this makes really good sense. Um, and, of course, I love going into the whole Chinese perspective of it, too. Well, go ahead. From, uh, dive into it. Then. Okay. Um, the Hun spirit, if the Hun spirit isn't, doesn't have a place to rest, okay. then it wanders. And if it's wandering, you can't sleep. You get uh, vivid dreams or you get sleepwalking or you get waking or, or things like that. Hun spirit. This is isn't amazing. Cool? I just, well, I'm reading a, a book about the clash of two nationalities about, uh, and, and I'm trying to, remember the name of the the group they're asian mm-hmm. and they talk about oh, okay i'm sorry i'm segueing <laughs> but they talk what amazes me is you've said that word and that's what they talk about the hunz of spirit and it was one of their issues with allopathic medicine in oh. the west oh, interesting. that their physicians weren't hearing them when they were talking about this very thing so i'm i'm sorry please continue oh yeah because western medicine looks at the po spirit the corporeal spirit you know, the the spirit that dies when you die. Right. As opposed to the ethereal, the hun spirit. And that's the hun spirit. That's the one that, that transcends. Tran- it goes to heaven. It transcends basically. death in a sense. Right. Or, I mean, and, and, and continues. And, and, right. and is eternal. Right. Infinite. Right. So the hun spirit needs a place to rest. If there's not enough blood in the liver, the hun spirit doesn't have a place to go at night because mm-hmm. the liver in Chinese medicine stores the excess blood. 
So um, the castor oil, by increasing the circulation to the liver, the castor oil pack, not taking the pack, it right, right, putting it on you, increases the circulation to improves the circulation to your liver, so that your hun spirit has a place to go at night. And I've had so many people with insomnia tell me that they sleep beautifully. So when it they do soothes the them. Mm-hmm. It's soothing. Mm-hmm. And and it's not a lot. It's a little bit. And again, just to reiterate, because this is a big thing that you talk about in your mm-hmm. basic guidelines, it's just a, enough cotton cloth to put over your belly, right. your abdominal area, mm-hmm. with a little bit of castor oil, mm-hmm. and um, put cover it up with a uh, plastic and put your. You can put a heating pad. It doesn't have to be a hot water bottle. I know you prefer mm-hmm. hot water I'm bottle. I can right. see right there because it's plugged <laughs> in and the EMFs right. and all that. Right. Yeah, I knew we were going to go. <laughs> go into that but 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 they could if they don't they have could. the hot water bottle you'll 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 accept that you know i'll even let you microwave your corn oh bag and to the, put on. right the buckwheat hulls right, that they right, microwave that's right. the other big thing okay right. that, i don't i don't have a microwave i, I know <laughs> mine died i i store my uh my dog food because i make my own dog food in it now i know my sister-in-law was over for dinner and said she brought a dish and she said hey, your microwave doesn't work. I said, yeah, it's been broken for two years. I store dog food in it. And she looked at me like, okay, now I know how nuts my sister-in-law is. We're going to take a brief break here, and we'll be right back. And also, I want listeners to know we're going to do a call-in. So if you're inadvertently patient and you would like to call in uh, and ask Dr. Cookson a question, we'd love to have you call in. Our toll-free is 1-866-625-9378. And we will be right back in a moment. back. I'm Cynthia Swan. This is Healthy Options. Dr. Terry Lee Cookson, a naturopathic doctor, is on the show. And we're going to continue our conversation. While we took the break, I just want to say really quickly, Joan uh, kind of popped her head in and said, oh, Sin, we had a call. Someone wants to know what a neti pot is. Well, a neti pot is a ceramic uh, pot. And some of them, it, it looks like a little tiny teapot. Actually, that's the best way I could describe it. Some of them have handles on them. Some don't. If you go to your co-ops, I guarantee you, the I know Belfast Co-op and I know Good Turn in Rockland have neti pots. So they're there. You can also order them online. And also, I belong to a, uh, a buying group, Buyers Associated, in Camden. There's several of these with Buyers Associated, these small groups throughout the area, too. And sometimes you can order them right from those catalogs, and then they're delivered in your group buying. So just about any health food store is going to have a neti pot. And you can do it Dr. Cookson's way, where she kind of just snorts it up in, what do you 
put it in? Just a um, your hand, a cup? Right or? now, what kind of cup is that? It's a souffle cup? A souffle know. cup? But I've been known when I've been in, in motels or something to use the little plastic cups or paper cups. Okay, or, and you just kind of snort it up. So you got to kind of close one nostril. Mm, I don't, but... Oh, uh, you don't? Okay. <laughs> well, I do it the easy way, and you kind of put that, um, the, the pointy part, you know, where you're pouring out your spout. Like, from your, your spout, thank you. And you put it up, and you start with the right nostril. That, for some reason, that's very important in Ayurvedic medicine. You start on the right nostril and um, work that way, and then you lean over the other way and you start on the left nostril. But I'll tell you, it's one of the greatest inventions. I've told people about it who were disgusted and came back <laughs> after their sinus infections and whatnot were bothering them so after they mm-hmm. healed, and they are like just totally into the neti pot. It's the way to go, especially this time of year because it's, mm-hmm. it's dry in the house. Mm-hmm. If you're heating with wood like we do, I mean, it really helps to take care of your sinuses. It's an easy thing to do. And, you know, I've seen uh, some kind of bad side effects from, uh, from having the sinus surgeries. You know, when they rotorooter your surgery. Yeah, I know sorry, exactly your, your what sinuses. you're talking about. It's a rotorooter to the sinuses. Uh, right. And sometimes people, um, well, I'm, I, I'll say no more on that. Okay. But I know exactly <laughs> what you're saying. Yeah, and this, this is helpful. This is helpful. Um, Amy's giving me a high sign here. We have a caller. So go ahead and let's... Hello? Yeah, uh, good morning. Thanks good morning. so much. I just want to say so... Want to give us your name and yeah, your town? Yeah, Monday from Southwest Harbor. Your your voices are so wonderful, very articulate and, and um, inspirational. Thank you. Um, I, my mother has a, a condition that you hear a lot about called <clears throat> restless leg syndrome. Oh, yeah. And, of course, nobody, the doctors don't have a clue as to what it is. And she also has neur- neuropathy, which I believe is nerve entrapment. And I, and I do a lot of massage on her. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wondering if um, your fine friend there, Dr. Cookson, is it, and the naturopath, knows anything about this and, and has any suggestions. I kind of tuned in late, so I heard something about brushing for lymphatics, which I have been doing. But um, I, I was wondering if she could... Uh, if she knows anything about this, and thank you so you're, much. You're very welcome. I'm gonna go. Why don't you go ahead and hang up? Yeah, and okay. then we'll have Dr. Cookson address uh, that that question. Peace be with you. Thank you. Thank you. Same thank to you. you. Um, often, restless leg syndrome has a, you have a zinc deficiency with it. There's a very easy test you can do, a, a zinc tally test, where you drink a solution that has a little bit of zinc in it. If you have enough zinc. It tastes horrible. I know. I just demonstrated it with the patient the other day, and she tasted it and said, "You're you're making this up. This is just water." Wow. Um, so, uh, so that's a very simple thing you can do. Now, is it a test they ha- they can do on their own? Is it something they should have a naturopathic physician? I, I mean, can they buy it on their own and do this? I, I mean, there's... Uh, remember in Maine, uh, we're not naturopathic physicians. We're naturopathic doctors. Sorry, that's thank okay. You. The MDs and DOs have a. a yeah, thank a, you for correcting <laughs> okay. me. We don't want to. Yeah. No, okay. Um, no, you could do that on your own. Um, if you can find, I'm pretty sure it's a zinc sulfate. I never even looked zinc at what sulfate. it is. Zinc sulfate. I'm okay. pretty sure that's what it is. You and can they, give me a call. Um, what's your, let's get your call information. Okay. Um, 557-2557. And the name of your clinic in Augusta? TLC Natural Healthcare. Okay. Uh, so obviously my initials, you know, were just what I needed. Yeah, Terry Lee <laughs> Cookson. Perfect blend. Yeah. And and again, the number there should... 557-2557. In Augusta. Um, uh, so that was half of the question. Sorry. That was the restless leg part. So um, uh, zinc is, is one of the... the um, 
nutrients that for some reason, if you're deficient in it, you often can get restless leg syndrome. Um, neuropathy, uh, we could do a whole hour talk about yeah. neuropathy. Um, there's so many things that can, infl- that can damage the nerves, anything from uh, nerve impingement to diabetes. Diabetes is one of the really, really big causes of neuropathy. There are things that, that can be done about it. Um, the basic treatment guidelines that we've been talking mm-hmm. about um, is good for anyone. I mean, even if you think you're pretty healthy, it can, it can still improve your health even more. So if you have, um, if you do have um, neuropathy, thank you. Yeah. Um, if you do have neuropathy, it can, it's definitely not going to hurt and it will improve your overall health. Things like anti-inflammatory diet, the dry right. brushing. Right. Um, <clears throat> the cod liver oil pack. And no, castor oil. Castor oil. <laughs> Why am I saying cod? Yeah. Because sorry. the cats will love you yes. if you, if you <laughs> do a cod sorry. liver yes, oil yes. pack. Castor oil pack on the abdominal area. Right, right. Yeah, all of those things. And, and yeah, and the diet thing is big, I would mm-hmm. imagine. Right. We have another caller. Let's go ahead and bring them on. I hope that answered your question in uh, Southwest Harbor. And hello, you're on Healthy Options. Want to give your name and the town you're from and go ahead and give us your question? This is uh, Jean from Union, and I wondered if you could explain more precisely the size and the center of exactly where it should be placed. And I'll get off the air while you explain. That's I great. Mean, off the phone. All right. Okay. Thank you for your question. Um, Dr. Cookson? Um, you're making it too difficult. Uh, you cover your abdomen. So from your rib cage down to your hip bones, basically, covering your... Uh, you know, you cover your belly button, you go out to the sides. Um, the size of it depends on the size of your abdomen, actually. Okay. Um, so I can't really answer that. Um, mm-hmm. But you're, And it you... won't do any harm if it's a little bigger. I mean, that's right. the other thing about this. It, 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 if you make it a little bit bigger, it's not going to hurt anything. I have people with arthritis in their elbow do a castor oil pack on their elbow. You know, if you have, um, if you have inflammation, if you've got... A, anywhere in the body? Anywhere in the body. Oh, I didn't know that. I've, uh, That's cool. I've had a person with uh, Sjogren's syndrome doing actually a castor oil uh, I don't know what that is. What's Sjogren's It's an autoimmune disease okay. where uh, basically the soft tissues start to harden. Ooh. Yeah, it, it can be pretty bad. And I've seen some really good results just, from, the doing the, mm-hmm, just from doing the basic treatment guidelines. Very cool. So um, you can't do too much of it. Okay, you can't do too much, and it really is over that abdominal, and you want to put it on the abdominal pelvic area, that's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think how big mine is. It's, I don't know, maybe six inches by ten, but mine's, uh, I think it's a little bigger than I need it, but I like it. It just covers my whole area. It just feels good, and the heat feels good, too. Right. Um, we have another caller, so let's go ahead and bring them on. Hello, and welcome to Healthy Options. Um, can we have your name and the town you're from, and then you can give us your question? Sure. Uh, Laurie from Stonington. Um, you may have mentioned this because I haven't heard every word of the program, but mm-hmm. you were talking about nasal washes and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. and um, I don't think I heard you mention xylitol. So I was wondering what you think about that. My, I know people who swear by it as a additive to a saline solution for a nasal wash. Um, and also I now use it as a sugar substitute. Um, I from what I understand, it's an anti-inflammatory, and, and, or at least it's good for your teeth as opposed to bad. Right. Okay. And, um, so I wonder how, how you feel about that. Well, let's... Um, and let's I'll have, get off the phone. Thank you for that. Thank you for your question, and we'll have Dr. Cookson address that. Xylitol. 
xylitol. I hadn't heard about putting it in your nasal lavage. It makes some sense. It does have some antimicrobial properties, which is why it's good for your teeth. Um, I do use, uh, when people insist that they're going to chew gum, I have a xylitol gum, which is, you know, actually healthy for your teeth. Um, I've heard of people using it as a sweetener. Again, any of these um, sugar alcohols can get can be hard to digest. Or after a while, is after. it more after a long? Is it is it's, it the length of time or just the quantity? Oh, the quantity. Okay. So um, I would use it sparingly, and I think the cost um, helps to enforce that anyway because it is more expensive. Okay. So yeah. I hope that answered the question. We have another caller. We're going to bring them on board here. Um, welcome to Healthy Options. Can Hi, I- my name is Jane, and I'm from Dover Foxcroft. Hi, Jane. What's your question? Uh, it's not a question. It's a comment. Okay. And um, I was certified organic uh, many years ago, about 25 years ago. And Wonderful. One of the things that um, came up, and I since has brought it up to the our senators, organic uh, farming and the produce is is more expensive. We all know that. But mm-hmm. one of the reasons why is because it's not underwritten mm-hmm. or helped by the agricultural right. uh, committee or, or, or department. If I used any type of pesticides, I could go up to the USDA and I would be reimbursed for all the materials that I put into my soil. Wow. As an organic farmer, right. that option was not right. presented to the organic farmer. So we're already on an uneven playing field. And when I brought this up to Olympia Snow, I asked her point blank, are you supporting the farmers or are you supporting the chemical companies? Which is it? Good. Good for you. But kudos to you. You're you're preaching to the choir here. We're we're both in agreement totally. But I think it's misunderstood. Yeah. I, I think people don't realize we, as organic farmers, do not get any help. We're right. not supplemented whatsoever. Right. And that's why um, before on this program I've supported, um, there, you know, buy local, buy from your organic farmer. Yes. Try to buy, you know, I try to buy my milk from the farmer or I get it at the co-op. I try to buy, you know, I mean, we, we all do what we can. Um, and I, I hear what you're saying and I, I'm in agreement. I'm sure Dr. Cooks and I won't speak for you. Uh, and that's actually that. Yes. And the it's healthcare. Big. It's all, it's, it's scary. Um, it is big. And I think that's why I'm grateful for programs on WERU, because this is telling people the truth. And this is why it's so important. We have people like you call in. So we get the word out. So people really have the facts yeah. and they understand. Thank so you. I'll so hang up. Um, actually, before you hang up, yeah. what, what can we do? Um, I, you know, the only way that you can press it is, is that uh, to uh, have the um, delegation of the congressional come on board. Mm-hmm. I don't think they have a clue of what's going on. I mean, they, they seem to be dancing with the, uh, the uh, large producers uh, right. and, and want to um, take down the, uh, small guy. the requirements of what an organic is. I mean, right. you know, when we used to, I mean, I was organic for almost 45 years. I mean, it was wow. called natural then. Right. Uh, uh, they want to deplete it so that uh, now it's they want to get seventy percent of it as organic uh, okay. and to be labeled uh, organic. It's bad news. So yeah. if um, if we got an organized mass um, letter writing campaign to Mosca has been really yeah, really Mosca good. Okay, 
It has been absolutely wonderful, and I think what they need to have is more support behind them because they have been the vanguard on all of the complaints coming down, and they have been there for all of the hearings. Okay. Right. So we'll continue to support MOFCA. We'll continue to support our CSAs, our co-ops, our our, um, organic farmers. Yes, and 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 when I have found a product not to be what they think it is, I have gone to, like, the Belfast Co-op and said, you know what, this product doesn't belong in the store, and I'll give you the reasons, and these are the people that you need to call to verify what I'm talking about. People have information. Share it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your call. We have another caller. Uh, Welcome. Want to give us your name? Uh, Oh, hi. This is Judith from Brooksville. Hi, Judith. What's your question or comment? Um, um, It's a question, and it's right at the heart of Chinese medicine. Okay. Uh, um, Kidney jing, Mm -hmm. which, of course, as as we grow older, tends, it declines. We know that. That's our basic savings account. Right. And uh, there there are um, things in the Chinese diet, in the Japanese diet, too, which definitely supports strong kidney jing through mm-hmm. old age. My question has to do with local foods and, and local sources. Um, what do you feel would be most supportive of kidney jing and, and keeping that savings account steady okay. amongst foods that are grown in, in Maine and in New England? Some of the mushrooms are wonderful. And, um, oh, I was talking with a woman at the Common Ground Fair last year who grows mushrooms. Uh, Brenda, gosh, her last name's not coming to and, me, but I know who you mean. Something. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. It's Brenda, yeah. Oh, okay. okay. You can give me a call. I've got Gould. the information. Gould. Brenda Gould? It's Gould. I'm good with that. Okay. Um, so some of the mushrooms, the reishi mushrooms, um, Shiitake, uh, shiitake, maitake. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually Brenda has a recipe called immune soup. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of soup you make and put in the ice cube trays, and you can cool. freeze it and you can take it daily. It's a very, very replenishing, mm-hmm. uh, and it's all cordonopsis. Uh, Am I saying Cod- it right? Cordonopsis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And our wild mushrooms. Right. <laughs> yeah, wild mushrooms, the only thing is I always get a red flag with those wild mushrooms. Unless you're really, really good at going out in the wild and harvesting, I, I'm a nervous Nelly that way. But that's just me, and um, that, you know, so I, yeah, well, I, I'll with, put with that, that out. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, thank you. The myceliums are our friends. Oh, they <laughs> certainly are. And there's a wonderful book, Mycelium Running, by... Um, Yes, well, I'm, I'm aware of it. Paul Stamets yeah, out yeah. in the Northwest, yes. Yeah. And if you think about it, the kidneys are the, um, the, the, uh, the organ of the dark of the winter. Yes. And yeah. where do mushrooms grow? Yeah. Dark. Good point. Dark, <laughs> damp. Yeah. Yeah. So mushrooms are good. What about some of the uh, supplements, Dr. Cookson, uh, um, that are out there? Like uh, I'm thinking of Stamets, that group. He has... Um, a lot of the tinctures are all certified organic, mm-hmm. and he's out in the Northwest. I think he's mm-hmm. out in Washington State. Right. Yeah, I was at a conference once where he spoke, and he's very in- intelligent, inspiring. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of those tinctures are uh, mushroom-based. So, you know, would you rather eat your medicine or take it as a process? Tinct- so, okay. so, all right. Sure. So you're saying fresher is always better? But is, if, you don't, if you don't have fresher and you only have access to a tincture or whatnot, mm-hmm. it's okay? Right. Go for it? Right. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, we're kind of winding down here, and we're getting down to the wire. And um, Dr. Cookson, I do want to ask you 
uh, a question before we get off. I just want to switch gears okay. as we're ending our program and just ask you, how come you decided to go into this realm of work? Um, just lucky, I think. Um, I started off uh, from, as a kid. I was going to be a veterinarian. Um, when I was in pre-vet school, uh, I realized that, A, I wasn't going to make it because they didn't really take out-of-staters. And also, it was just so cutthroat. And I thought, do I really want to be a part of this profession where everyone is out to get everyone? Hmm. So I wandered for a while looking for what I wanted to do. And um, I actually got dragged to electron homeopathy um, uh-uh. by a friend who was an acupuncturist. And I said, I'll write voodoo medicine, even though I'd seen it work yep. wonders on my cat. Um, so I got dragged to this lecture and I said, oh, this is what I wanted. To, this is what I want. Yeah. Because it, it brings in the spiritual health, the emotional health, the mental health and the physical health all as one unit, as, you know, we're all, they're all different manifestations of the same person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got totally enamored with the homeopathy. That's when I studied with Dr. Luke DeShepper in, in Boston. And um, from that, I said, well, but I want to know the anatomy, physiology, the histology, the biochemistry. Mm-hmm. So a friend suggested that I check out naturopathic schools. And um, and that's what led you out to the Northwest. And that's what led me to Portland, Oregon, where I stopped and asked for directions, and I got directions. Yeah, so. <laughs> cool. And um, so then it was naturopathic medicine. And then how did you engage in the – how did you end up studying Chinese medicine? Where did that fall into the picture for you? Part of the naturopathic training is um, a couple of courses in Chinese medicine theory, mm-hmm. and I loved it. It just fit in beautifully with what I already think about healing. Mm-hmm. So I kind of fell into it by grace, I think. So you found your healthy triad there. <laughs> we did, talk about right. the triad in medicine, right. uh, the blending of the homeopathic, although I know homeopathic is also in your course of study, isn't it? Oh, in yes. naturopathic right. yeah, medicine. Right. And so there you've got that wonderful mm-hmm. blend. And then you add in the, the body medicine, the orthobionomy, which I love. Yes. Um, orthobionomy is sort of like the homeopathy of body work. And why don't you give us a, a quick definition of that? Okay, I don't know if there's a definition um, other it's than a, what I just a, said. It's a physical. Me- it, it's a fi- you you physically. And it's wonderful. You can do them. it on people who've um, suffered motor vehicle accidents. It's painless. Um, like I said, it's energetic. So where a chiropractor says, "Oh, you're twisted to the left. Let's yoink you to the right." No offense against chiropractors. Yeah, I've, right. I, I've had chiropractic treatment myself, but instead of yoinking it in the opposite direction. We just accentuate the, the direction your body already thinks is normal and let it relax and let it reset its baseline. Interesting. Yeah, so then it can go back and, and you see immediate um, yeah. alleviation of pain. I've had orthobiome. There's a gal of practices in Searsport, um, cool. Jackie. Oh, gosh, here I go with the names. Okay. Um, and she's a massage therapist who also does orthobionomy. And it's very interesting. I've had it done, and it's very subtle. And for me, I, I'm not going to speak for everybody, for me, it worked. So that's, I hear what you're saying. That's wonderful. Um, I know I probably would have been burned at the stake 200 years ago. <laughs> we have to go. But um, thank you so much for joining us on Healthy Options. Blessings to all of you listening and to our callers. And special blessings to my guest, Dr. Terry Lee Cookson in Augusta. Dr. Cookson, you want to just give a phone number if uh, any of the listeners want to contact you with questions, okay. comments, or... Okay. Yeah, my number is 207-557-2557. And um, also you can email me, though I don't always get back to it quickly, at tlcnaturalhealth at yahoo.com. Take care and remember to always exercise your healthy options. We've got lots of them. Blessings.
Support for health-related programming on 